I don't wanna watch what's on the TV. iTunes that put on the BC. Podcasts on, no talking to me. Listening to Blackcast. Keep up on comics and movies. Two phone ring, I answer hoodies. I can't talk, call back if you please. Listening to Blackcast. You don't know what you are missing. Damn fine show hosted by Christian. He's just dope, no ass, I'm kissing. Listening to Blackcast. Click subscribe on this podcast. You won't be the first, but don't you be last. Listen while you pump your Welcome to the Blackcast. I'm Christian Blatt on Twitter and Instagram at ChristianDMZ. Joined as pretty much always by the one and only Jeff DeRay at Jeff DeRay, Captain EO. Are you implying that I have no life? Because you are correct. <laughs> you are correct, sir. Uh, so this week we were going to do our very special Iron Fist breakdown of <laughs> what I think was an amazing 10 episode season. But. You're going to have to wait till next week because uh, one of my co-hosts from Marvel TV Weekly and the Iron Fist after show panel uh, was a little under the weather. Uh, speaking under the weather, don't take it personally if I walk out of the studio at some point and say, hey, Jeff, why don't you interact and talk New England stuff with our special Skype audio guest, the one, the only, Coltrane. Hey-o! <laughs> yeah, that's right. You got to get that in there. Uh, Coltrane, thanks for coming back. Uh, tremendous response to the last couple black casts featuring Coltrane. So it was a no-brainer to include him again. Mm-hmm. Also, and Coltrane, you don't know this. The Coltrane has left the station. <laughs> get aboard. <laughs> Are you ready to ride the chain? Chugga-chugga-choo-choo. It's a toy that my son has. It's all right. It's an inside joke for me, really. And if my kid ever hears it, I'll be like, hey, I remember that. So, uh, Ken, you don't know this, but we uh, extended an invitation to the one and only Mr. Will Sterling for uh, this morning's Blackcast. And he's like, oh, well, I have a daytime date in Hermosa. So, number one, it's clearly with Lauren. I mm-hmm. feel like we can say her name. We don't have to say or her Alex. last name. Who's Alex? The chick I dated oh, when I yeah. first started. Oh, forgot about that. Who I met on a daytime date in Hermosa. Well, and apparently that's the thing. So I was just like, oh, you have a daytime date. Oh, well, you know, we could start earlier. We could start at 9 or 10. He's like, no, I'm meeting her at 10 a.m. in Hermosa. So that's not a daytime. That's yeah, like that's a morning date. That, that's like the date that you squeeze in before you have your real date. Yeah. And I texted him to see how it's going. And uh, all I wrote was, so, question mark, because I didn't want him to get a text, you know, his phone sitting in front of this girl. And it's like, so how's that shitty date going? Although I did think <laughs> about that. Uh, Coltrane, what do you think a girl is saying with a 10 a.m. date? Uh, no, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not interested. I, I don't know. I. I've never had an initial date be a 10 a.m. Yeah, date, I've, so. I've had them. I've had them last on through the night into 10 a.m. and beyond. I've had that, you know, as a, <laughs> as a younger single man. For you know, forget it now. But, hey, now. Yeah, back in the old days. I'm trying to think. I I know I took one girl out for like a whole day. Yeah. But it wasn't like I planned to hang to do that. Well, it was just like we met up early because we were going to go to the beach. And then we just ended up hanging out. Also, to be fair, you had kidnapped that girl. I remember yeah. the story. I mean, yes, because <laughs> a little chloroform between friends. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Exactly. Uh, so I look. I, I hope it goes well. Will was looking at the positive. He's. It's like I'm going to be in Hermosa. It's going to be in the morning. This way, I'm not going to get drunk and do something stupid. But. I think if we look to the unofficial mayor of Hermosa Beach, the one and only Liev, he has probably started drinking 8, 9 a.m. Mm-hmm. on many an occasion. On a weekday, by the way. Yeah. As we record this, it's Friday. I mean, I realize this is somewhat unrelated, but whenever I go skiing, yeah. we, we drink the minute we wake up because sure. it's just liquid bread, and you need to get your carbs in. Now, see, that's that's very smart. Uh, and, and when I say it's Friday, it's uh, Friday, September 21st here <laughs> on the Blackcast because uh, I, I saved this slot so we didn't have a Blackcast all week. And uh, I was like, oh, we're going to do our Iron Fist one. Whoops. But that's all right, because there's a lot of people who are going to tune out for the Iron Fist one. We're going to get to it. I'm excited to talk about it. But what I'm more excited to talk about, Coltrane, in our previous episode, you were a little put off by the the last story about, let's just say, an item that was found in a cavern that it shouldn't have been in. And we'll leave it at that. Uh, there, oh, God. There was some female response. I think I saw that. <laughs> yeah. 
there was some female response that didn't enjoy that conversation. They were like, they liked it up until that point. Our friend uh, Lisa Captain, Kaplan, she's also my captain, my captain. She, in particular, was like, maybe you should have a female voice on the show. And that's the funny thing. We would have had a female voice on this show, talking Iron Fist, but we still would have. Uh, so, Coltrane, what I'm trying to say is, you are not in the minority on that, and you are in touch with the female audience of the black cast. So let me just understand this. Why did what what different perspective would a female have brought to that conversation because mm-hmm. Our perspective was all, oh, that's horrifying and gross. So to have a different com- well, perspective would be like... Was it Was it really, you know, was was Will not at least a little bit intrigued as to how that worked? And we were really breaking down the physics of I guess how do you do true. that. Yeah. We, there was certainly some level of curiosity, so I guess a female perspective could have lent answers? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's very true. Uh, what do you think about all that, Coltrane? I, I think you must stand by your your well, your man, but also stand by your stance there. Uh, I do stand by my stance. Uh, unfortunately, this happened what two weeks ago, or three weeks ago, or a month ago, so I don't remember any of it. Yeah, people heard it sure. last. People heard it last week, but yes, we recorded that. Uh, I don't know, three weeks ago. Um, I mean, wh- if we had that conversation yesterday, I probably still wouldn't remember today. So yeah, yeah whatever I said then, totally mean now. Well, in the interest of that, I think that what we should really try and do is clean it up a little bit here on the Black Cast. And, you know, let's not go all the way into the blue ink, as the great uh, Buddy Hackett once told our friend Dennis Miller. Why do you got to dip into the blue ink? Buddy Hackett, one of the dirtiest comedians of the 50s and 60s. But so we're going to keep it clean with a story from Cosmopolitan. My, I, my husband loves leaving fruit in my vagina all day so he can eat it later. I'm afraid to click on the link, oh but... my God. Um, so, I mean... Wh- <laughs> is it just like a warm banana or what? I mean, no. There, there's, a, there's a picture of a, of a peach. A peach? Yeah. See, that just wow. seems like you're asking for trouble. Yeah, and, and then there's a, there's a gentleman eating an apple, which I just think that is no. very... Yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to scroll down because I'm afraid there's a pineapple somewhere in this story. Hard pack. Who likes fish and fruit? <laughs> I really didn't want to give you the credit, but I'm like, you know what? That's my kind of joke. I can't, I can't be better. I can't act like I'm better than that joke because uh, that joke gets me. Um, so let's just say hypothetically... Perfect girl. Every you love everything about her, and you know you're together for a little while, not forever. You know this isn't like ten years into a marriage. After a few months, you're like, wow, I really connect with this person. She's like, any chance you can put some grapes in my cooch? Uh, Coltrane, how would you respond to that? I mean, if she wants me to do that, then great. I'm not eating them afterwards, <laughs> but like, but if she wants me to put them in, sure. Uh, Jeff, no. <laughs> No, I'm going to say, first of all, she's she would have to phrase it thusly. Will you eat the fruit of my loins? To which I would say, no, I don't eat children. And then Yikes. we'd have the awkward conversation about eating fruit that was in her puss. And I would be like, yeah, that's real gross. Hard pass. Yeah. it's. Uh, I find it troubling. And then I, I kind of wonder, is this one of those things that... Cosmo writes an article about a thing, and there, you know it's not even really. So it is apparently a woman on Reddit, which mm. I don't know a lot about Reddit, <laughs> but I feel like it's the modern day chat roulette. Yeah, you know? it, it's you're you're not getting reliable information off of Reddit. Do you think that's a fair assessment, Jeff? Uh, yeah. Well, I <clears throat> certainly think that it's it's one of the it's more like a Craigslist in that it seems to attract fringes. You know, the types of people I know that spend time on Reddit are the types of people that spend a lot of time alone on the Internet, which never leads to good things. Yeah. Uh, the commenters on the Reddit post warn whether this is organic fruit or not, which I hadn't thought of oh, because yeah. I never buy organic <laughs> you fruit. You don't want GMO. Well, whether this is organic or not, this is going to end with an infection of sorts. <laughs> and the uh, poster wrote... Vegetables aren't meant to go inside of vaginas. Now, to be fair, we are talking about fruit. Yeah. So, yeah, vegetables aren't meant to. Although carrots, eh, eh, I don't right. know. You know, uh, I I find this to be very disturbing, but that's why I brought it to the black cast. Uh, and let us know what you think, Matt and Casey. Would you be into this? I mean, I, I want to hear from Matt and Casey in particular. Here's the, I just thought of one 
potential scenario where maybe this works. <laughs> like, if you're really into pickles and you shove a <laughs> cucumber up there. Yep. And you're just waiting for it to get to pickle status. Well, then wow. you it's have a, a delicacy that could be sold at state fairs nationwide. Yeah. Uh, Artisanal. And, and Artisanal pussy pickles. <laughs> Before we move on, I have to use the last piece of advice from the article. If you're not going to use condoms, choose fruits and vegetables with an especially waxy skin, such as apples or cucumber that functions somewhat like a barrier. So this is like instead of your condoms, your IUD, your Nouveau ring, which is so something So you're using like of. a banana peel as a condom? or <laughs> Right. Okay. Yeah, I, I feel like this is a lost episode of Gilligan's Island. You know, he's just like, well, what do we have on the island, Skipper? Uh, let me give it a try. Uh, anyway, I... Uh, See, I, I think the, the worst part about that whole thing was was the leaving it in there all day. Yeah. I mean, listen, I'm not... I, I'm not... I've never been someone who was particularly into, like, food in the bedroom. It's never really been my thing. I mean, like, yeah, every once in a while, like... No um, chips and beds for this guy. <laughs> I'll yeah. put, like, you know, like, you bring out some whipped cream and I'll put it on a woman's boobs and then, like, yeah, you, you know, lick it off. But yeah, I, you that's will. about, like, as much food as I get involved in the bedroom. It's not really my thing. Yeah, there's some, But again, like, like, the leaving it there all day just like it just seems like a like such an oddity mm. there's that food scene and not like in a fun way there's that food scene in body heat that is fairly famous and i remember watching that and I'm like there's nothing about this that i am into also it's mickey rourke so that probably has a lot to do with it but i'm just like Mm-mm, no no they like i'm i'm with you on the whipped cream thing that's kind of a, a fun thing you know um but yeah as a much younger man obviously now i know that whipped cream belongs on dessert yeah but uh, anyway, and uh, boobs and yeah, you know what? That's true. <laughs> Boob dessert. So uh, Coltrane, a story from the New York Post that immediately made me think of our pal Coltrane. Men have better sex with emotionally unstable women. Uh, Coltrane, your snap reaction to that statement. Hashtag facts. <laughs> and also hashtag yeah. duh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen. I, I can honestly say that most of, not all, because there's actually a couple of women that I've slept with that seem to be pretty emotionally stable and that was great, but most like the sex I've ever had, I absolutely have thought at the end of it, is she going to stab me in my sleep? Possibly, but it was worth it. Yeah, right, exactly. That That's the whole uh, Jody Arias thing, you know, just the idea. Uh, and mm, Casey Jody Anthony, Arias. Casey Anthony, let's... Let's go ahead and rank your crazy women. Uh, who's number one? Is it Casey Anthony? I know. I didn't mean to put I you mean, on the spot with a tough question. See, here's the thing. Like, I, like I think Casey Anthony is hotter than Jody Arias. I just think that Jody Arias is a little crazier than yeah. than Casey Anthony. So, I mean, I kind of think if we're go if we're basing it on bedroom, I feel like Jody's a little bit higher up on the totem pole there, and Casey would would be a second there. But it, probably a close second. And is there a number three, or really these are just your girls? Like you know, these one one of them will find you one day. Yeah, I mean, I really, I really think that one of them will find me one day. Um, <laughs> you know, you'll come home and they'll be there waiting for you. And you know, they'll, they'll be, be hide, they'll be hiding next to the Christmas tree, <laughs> as though I won't remember, I won't notice them. Yeah, there'll be a scary moment later, but the initial uh, exchange will, like you said, be worth it. Uh, I was going to say, see, here's the thing, though. The best part about this whole conversation is at my funeral when this happens, one of you can get up during the eulogy and say, hashtag worth it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, Coltrane died doing what he loved. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> crazy, <See>? crazy bitches. <laughs> uh, what do you think, Jeff, about emotional instability? Like, obviously, maybe not what you're looking for in a, a forever spouse, yeah. but uh, for, a, for a fun relationship for a little while or is a... Uh, do you get to a certain point where that loses its interest for you? You know, it's one of those things where uh, a little bit of drama like that can be fun, but I don't tend to it just in terms of practical experience, I don't I guess I tend to to participate too much like 
I have driven girls to act a little crazy and then had some sex with them, so there was, like, fun with that, i.e. my old roommate. <laughs> mm. But, um... Oh, you mean Gonzo? Yeah, Gonzo. Yeah. <laughs> but, like... Just yeah. a little callback to right. past episodes of the Blackcast. You can find them. They're out there. We got Gonzo stories if you're looking. <laughs> but beyond that, I just... I don't know. I guess I've, I don't have a ton of experience in it, so I can't really speak to it one way or the other. Like, I, I guess I'd... I've had uh, I I didn't really know the emotional state of all the women I've I've slept with though so maybe one of them was unstable I I don't know usually instability is something that uh, I think I think you know that you're you know you're dealing you, with I mean usually you can sort of just see it right off the bat in the eyes it's usually <laughs> right there in the eyes I mean you know sure there's occasional behavior but usually it's pretty spot on with the eyes. Um, you can tell how crazy someone is. It's not an exact science, but mm. more often than not. Yeah, look, uh, I think we all know crazy eyes when we see them. And look, that's uh, unfortunately not every crazy look man or woman. They don't all have crazy eyes. But uh, sometimes they do. And you're like, oh, no, this is, this, is not, this is not what I'm looking for. Thank you very much. Um, but always let us know what you think. Matt and KC. <laughs> I'm just saying that because I, I directed the last one to him. But Matt, we want to know what you think too. Crazy gals, is that your thing? And I don't mean a, a, a gentleman's club called Crazy Gals, which uh, I believe there is also somewhere in Hollywood. There might actually be Crazy Girls, but uh, you know, it's Crazy Been Gals. Been there a couple times. Yeah, really? I'm, Once I'm, or twice? I'm surprised to hear that. <laughs> what was that terrible one that we went to by where Bajenski used to live? It's like where, oh. where Chick fil A is now. I know what you're talking about. Not, but not I the strip going. club. Is, the strip club is not where Chick Fil A is now. That would have been a confusing day when you show up with <laughs> with all your singles and and it's time for Chick Fil A. I don't remember what it was called, but I that was the first strip club I ever went to. Wait, did you? Of, when I went with you guys, yeah. You had never been before that. No. You must have told us that, and I just find that hard you to just believe. Forgot, yeah. Then well, that that once that was the place where it was like they weren't allowed to show us anything, or I guess they were they weren't maybe they were only allowed to take their top off on stage or something. Oh yeah, stupid. It, they couldn't they couldn't show nipple because mm. they serve alcohol. That's what it was. But my and it actually I'm pretty sure it actually is crazy girls. There you go. Hey, the, hey now we're the, talking. And that one chick kept tell, gave me like the classic cliche story, like, "Oh yes, I'm doing this to support myself through medical school, and <laughs> mm, you should come back." And and she that was the one I where I got my dance, and then she like showed me her boob, but I wasn't paying attention. She's like, "Oh, did you like that?" I was like, "What?" She's like, <laughs> I showed you my boob. I was like, "Oh, I missed it." <laughs> so she showed it to me again. I was like, "Sweet, good times." Yeah, nice boobs, but you didn't see him. I saw it the second time. The and second then, time around. And then how long before that do you meet Miriam? It's probably not that long. Yeah, like a month or two. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, you know me. Zero to banging strippers. <laughs> Real quick. <laughs> yeah. That's our Jeff. That, you know, if I had the uh, production facilities, we would create a like a little theme song. That's our Jeff. But, <laughs> that's my Jeff. Yeah, I don't have it. It's like that, it should be just like That's My Bush probably, yeah. the theme song, because that was a great song. Uh, all right, so uh, Coltrane, you, I'm sure, are familiar with sex expert Tracy Cox. <laughs> True story. Is that From, her real name? No, I doubt it, right? Right. I mean, uh, is but, it, wait, is it X? Yeah. Yeah, I still don't buy it. I still, <laughs> wait, so you thought her, real, her name was going to be Tracy C-O-C-K-S? <laughs> I had hoped so. Yeah, well, I think we all hoped so. <laughs> but uh, she uh, is a contributor to the Daily Mail, the only source for real information, at least for the black cast prep. Daily uh, Mail fa- phallus? Yes. <laughs> for Tracy Cox. For Tracy Cox. And she recently said that not being your man's perfect physical type might mean he's more into you. And, I mean, I think that I'll give that a little bit where it's like somebody's you know, maybe ethnicity or even type is not something that you're looking for, but then you get to know them and you're like, oh, I really like them. This isn't what I, this isn't what I usually date, but I, I really love this person. But, uh, I, I don't know that that's exactly what she's saying. Coltrane, do you think she's saying that if you're with somebody whose body type, and let's just use the word husky uh let's go ahead and use the word husky (laughs) if if, if that's the body type so you're saying she's a real dog 
I may very well be saying that. Uh, that they must love you. Um, do you think that that seems like an accurate characterization, Coltrane? I mean, if you're going with the husky part, I, I don't. I'm, that that is definitely throwing me off. I think the original point, yes. Like if normally you date women who look more like ballerinas, like really thin, but then you end up dating a woman who is a lot thicker than that. Yeah. Then yeah, I think that it's it's definitely like you you found someone that you that you're into more than just like physically, which I mean, you know, science has proven men, men look at physicality first and then like, you know, personality and such later. So I think in that regard, yes, like you, if you're, if you stay long-term with someone that isn't what you're usually into, then yeah, I think it definitely shows that there's like more of a connection in there that, they're really into that person as opposed to, you know, just because they're de- because of what they look like or something. Yeah, that's the the sort of real world application of this. Now, in this piece at dailymail.well.co.uk, but you can find it at dailymail.com. Um, my partner's favorite porn star looks nothing like me. Should I be worried? Now, to that I would say no. That's just, you know, they're not out looking for that. They're just I I don't know. I don't Let's just say maybe once or twice I've visited some sites and the types that I look for are probably not what I would be currently dating or even married to, whatever. You know, I think sometimes you're looking for something a little different, you know? I I think sometimes after I know I'll just say I'll just say it straight up. After I've been with somebody for a little while, I definitely basically look up what they are not. Yeah. I'm just like, oh, you have small boobs? Huge tits.com. <laughs> triple, <laughs> triple H's, anyone? Uh, yeah, you know, it's fun. It, it actually, I was, I watched a documentary about wrestling a long time ago called Beyond the Mat, which anyone who's seen it knows that it was a very sad story about Jake the Snake Roberts, mostly, but, you know, like other wrestlers too. But they were, they were interviewing him at one point in it, and, he's, and he was talking about, like, what it was like to be, like, at the top of his game and, like, traveling all over the place. And he's like, you start off and you're just, like, dating, and you just, you're out on the road and you see this woman who's, like, a perfect 10, and you date her. And, or, like, and then you bang her. And then it's like, you start, you do that in the next couple cities. And then after a couple months, you're just like, okay, like, one chick's not enough. So then you start banging, like two chicks and three chicks and everything just sort of elevates and you just like whatever you were in before like you have to just like keep going to something different to get more like stimulation so you need something you can't just like go back to what was there before so yeah like i think what what jeff said right there kind of makes a lot of sense it's like if you're dating one type of woman and then like when you guys break up like yeah you're you just usually want to like go in a different direction and just, and even if you don't want to like actually like hook up with a woman in that, like that looks completely different or something, you might want to watch porn of that, of like a woman who looks completely different. Cause it's just, sometimes you just need variety. You can't just like stick with like kind of what you've, uh, what you've been with for a while. Like if you're, if you're out of that relationship, you want to like just get completely out of that relationship and go somewhere else. Yeah, I think that uh, it's I, – I would – you know, look, I, well, I guess I can put it this way. You know, it's like if – and I know women don't typically watch porn to the extent that men do in that they actually watch other things once in a while. But <laughs> I, I think if, you know, you saw like a search history and it was – you know, their type was me, but more handsome or me, but thinner. I'd be like, Hmm, that might be, that might be a problem. You know, for me personally, I'd be like, I might be a little uncomfortable with that, you know, like better, you know, you'd go in better looking and then you put my name in quotes, which obviously most porn, uh, you know, search engines have me as a reference point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I think that would bother me personally, uh, you know, just to try and, Give it the male perspective instead of uh, putting all the blame on on the ladies. Although I don't imagine any ladies are still listening after that uh, fruit in the vagina story. But if you are, welcome. I think like there's some natural, there's something natural to to this like little ideas of sort seeds of jealousy in in something like that. But I also think that if you're like you you probably wouldn't get insecure in that situation unless you were. 
feeling like that was them making their way out the door. Like, oh, I'm just sick of this fat, gross guy. Like, I need yeah. to look at some skinny dick porn or something. I don't know. Like, Wait, I don't you, know. Were, were you talking to my wife this morning? That sounds like something she might say. <laughs> <laughs> what? I'm just saying. <laughs> look, you know, it's, uh, you know, this. And I don't think see, I don't I, think any girl has you know their their dream guy is um, me. What were you going to say, Coltrane? <laughs> well, see, I on the flip side of it, it wouldn't. I don't know. Like it wouldn't bother me because what in my experience with women, most of the time, like if if they're dating you and they look and they're like checking out other guys that are similar to you, but like kind of whatever, like thinner, whatever, mm-hmm. they'll usually try to mold you into that That's without true. you knowing it. Hmm. So it's like, if they're, if they're still interested in you, like, like whatever your type is, they'll usually be able to manipulate you into looking more like they want you to look as opposed to just like dropping you for someone who is thinner, more muscular, whatever. Like they'll, they'll, they're, women are smart. They'll like subtly like get you there without you knowing that you got there. Right. Instead of some of them insta- will try. Instead of wanting right. present day Nathan Lane, she wants Nathan Lane from the Birdcage for me. So uh, you know, I, look, I, I I'd be okay with that too. Uh, speaking of uh, body types, it's sort of a big story in the UK, and as we've discussed, Coltrane and I do get most of our news from the Daily Mail. Um, I feel like. Coltrane, you'll be familiar with this, but uh, can, uh, Jeff, are you familiar with this plus-size model that was on the cover of the uh, British version of Cosmopolitan? Which, by the way, Cosmopolitan has now come up twice in this episode. That's definitely a first for the Black House. I have not. Well, I'm going to show her to you, and uh, her name is Tess Holiday, and it drives Piers Morgan crazy, and he's written about it and spoken about it. And uh, I don't know that he's... I think he's more focused on this than anything to do so, with uh, Trump or first Brexit. First things first. Is she the one on this one oh, or that oh, well, one? Well, she's the, she's the one in the green. The, so yeah. who's this one? I don't know who that one is. That's That that came up in the search. Okay. Yeah. So Tess Holiday is the one in the Tess green. Tess Holiday is the one in the green. Yeah. Okay, so... And what am I? What? Well, what do you? What? What is your opinion when you see? You know, look there. There are a lot of different body types, yeah. and they are I, celebrating. But obviously, Piers Morgan is talking about like this is unhealthy. You shouldn't promote this. You're going to die if you don't take care of yourself. I mean, I think that's going a little far. I think this. It. I understand his perspective, and I agree with it to some extent. It's like you see this lady, and you're like. <clears throat> this doesn't look like it's some thyroid issue or big bonedness. Like you look, your arms are very thick, which yeah. is a pretty good indication that like, you've got a lot of fat on your body that you're not doing anything about. Now, if she's happy looking like that and she's okay with the potential down the line, like effects of that, then fine. Right. Yeah. Like why, why are we so much more hung up on the idea of her being fat than somebody smoking a cigarette. Because if it was like some skinny girl with a cigarette in her lips, which is clearly more dangerous than being fat, or at least on par with it well, in most cases. Well, yeah, not, not one cigarette, but being a regular smoker, yeah. absolutely. But I'm saying it's like if, if we're concerned about what it's promoting, then you should be as upset every time you see somebody with a cigarette. However, if it's just because you're like, well, I don't want to see fatties on the cover, then you're a bit of a dick. It, like, again, I agree with this perspective. Like, she doesn't look healthy. She she looks happy, so it's fine. She's free to do whatever she likes. I'm not going to judge her or tell her how to live her life. But if somebody was going around showing that to, to girls and being like, yeah, this is a totally good way to be, like, healthy way to be, it'd be like, well, that's not true. Like, we, your doctor will tell you that that's yeah. bad for you. So it's not like, it shouldn't be a mystery. You know, your joints aren't meant to carry more than a certain amount of weight. Like, if you can't run, then, like, you should be aware that your body is built to be able to run away from things. Now, uh, Coltrane, I'm just assuming you're familiar with this story because of how many links there have been on the Daily Mail. So uh, <laughs> I'm, am, am I assuming correctly? Oh yeah, I'm, I mean, I I didn't read that article, but yeah, I but did see the headline with sure. Pierce talking about it. Yeah, and I mean, go ahead. It's it's kind of like the same, like a, a similar sort of thing. Like, I I understand and appreciate the like the move to like kind of be about be like more about body confidence and like kind of 
not like just shaming everyone who doesn't look like a Barbie doll. And like, so I, I get, and I appreciate that. I, I'm just sort of, I don't know. It's just sort of a tricky one though, because there's a part of me that thinks like you should be as happy in yourself as you are, but like aspiring to be a healthier version of yourself isn't a bad thing either. So it's, you know, like, it's a tough one. It's just, like, I don't, like, Piers is definitely, like, he he's all, like, all in on it and just kind of has his own crusade, like, don't promote that. It's not healthy for everyone and, and whatever. Let me let me interrupt, interject very quickly. Uh, do you think he's so obsessed with it, and this is my theory, because he's actually really into it and he hates himself because he's into this girl? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's possible. He just wants her to uh, sit on him. That's that's how I mean, he gets off. <laughs> like I, I mean, it's pot. Listen, anything's possible. Sure. I feel as though, like in a cruel way, I feel like that's unlikely, but it's possible. It's possible. Okay, and I'm sorry. I, I I just thought that that was the time for that thought, but uh, <laughs> I think of it kind of like like so. I guess the point being, if like exercise and eating, if you think of that similar to something like reading, you're not required to read, but everybody. Like, nobody's going to disagree with the idea that you will become a better, more well-rounded person if you read more than somebody who doesn't read at all. So, isn't the same true of somebody who exercises? Like, generally, you'll become a better, healthier, more well-rounded person if you do things to help yourself. So, it's like, it's that's how I look at it. It's like, look, you don't have to exercise uh, and be healthy, but it's obviously a better way to live. Uh, reading also includes reading comics, right? That betters yourself. Just reading, okay, honestly, I, anything. If you just read stuff, I I know so many people. Where I think one of the things that annoys me the most is when there's a book or something, and somebody's like, oh, "I'll just wait for the movie." No, I just watch the movies. <laughs> and it's just like uh, you know, you could just read a book once in mm. your life. Mm. Mm. Maybe I'll watch the movie. <laughs> Maybe I'll watch the movie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, uh, so let's uh, veer a little away from some of the matters of the heart and the heart, heart disease, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, because it is a a fun frolic over here in Coltrane's Corner, which sounded much worse than I wanted it to, we're just we're just a bunch of men talking men talk here in the Coltrane's Corner. See again, that sounds bad, but anyway. Uh, I wanted to talk about a story we were sort of bantering about before we started recording, and uh, Coltrane, you as a as a as a local a local fellow up there in the in the Massachusetts. Uh, obviously, the Red Sox have had tremendous success, especially over the last fourteen years. But there was always a little, you know, a little feeling of superstitious and all that what did you think about the championship banner and they've since clinched the division by beating the yankees so they they have won the division Mm. but before they had and you know i don't know the magic number was two or four at the time what did you think when you heard that and we'll talk about the guys in a second but just the fact that it was already made and it just somehow ends up what like out on lansdowne street or something yeah it was something like that i i forgot where it was but I mean, I, it's, I don't know, it's just one of those things that's just really stupid. I mean, when, in this regard, like, I didn't, I didn't exactly see it as a superstitious thing, although I did, it, it is kind of funny that they had the banner, they were, like, bringing it in on a day that they could have clinched, and, of course, they didn't. You know, like, the, the banner falls out, and then they don't clinch, but... I mean, it's just, it's just like one of those things that I, I just find like kind of dumb. Yeah, I remember in 2003 there was a photo that they had uh, painted the uh, World Series logo on the field at Fenway. And you know, we don't have to break down what happened with Aaron Boone, but let's just say that the World Series didn't happen at Fenway there. And then people started looking at that picture and like, what are you doing? These, these chickens are literally unhatched. Why, you know, how, what does it take, like, I don't know, a couple hours to put one of those stencils down? And to, you know, I've, I've watched them do that. I've watched them change, like, NLDS to NLCS. It doesn't take that long, you know, and... I guess the championship banner, because they were, they felt like they were about to clinch, 
it, it's not, and also the tremendous success, and like I said, the last decade and a half, but it's still the sort of thing where you're like, what are you doing? And like, hide it somewhere, you know? Um, but Jeff, your favorite part of the story are the guys who found it, right? Oh my God. They First of all, it seemed like a, that whole thing, that whole story, the video with them, seemed like a fucking Saturday Night Live sketch. Like, they were just so cliche and ridiculous. Just like, yeah, our buddy found it after it fell off a truck. So clearly you stole it. Like, <laughs> it didn't fall off of anything. You fucking stole it, you liar. Especially because those two guys remind me so much of, like, some of the knucklehead assholes that I used to live around. And just, like, I could absolutely absolutely see those two being like, hey, that back of that truck's open. What, what, what do you think is in the back? Oh, it's a Red Sox banner. Let's hold it for fucking hostage. <laughs> They're going to need that kid. And then, You know and who'd the- like to buy that? Our friends down at Bach Toyota. Ah, Bach Toyota, where we got all the Red Sox merchandise <laughs> stolen from the back of trucks. Yeah, if you want hot socks merchandise that we didn't pay for, come down to Bach Toyota. You won't balk at these deals. <laughs> oh, uh, I do like that. I'm glad Coltrane's enjoying that. <laughs> no, those guys uh-huh. would just look like such idiots. I have no problem with them getting the banner ready because it's like, by that same token, every year in the Super Bowl, like... One, there's a team that loses that has a bunch of shirts right. saying that they're champions that get sent off to like third world countries so that we don't have to look at them. <laughs> you know, like it's this is so very much within the normal realms of how every team probably does this type of thing. And especially this year where like we reached 100 wins, I think uh, fastest in our franchise history it was just kind of like it was a foregone conclusion it wasn't really so it wasn't like you know there's a difference between like when you're in a game seven where it's clearly like oh we're really both like at the the real tippy tip point of this (laughs) and putting down a stencil for like the championship versus like hey we're we have plenty of games left and we're absolutely gonna clinch because we're the best team in baseball all year Hmm, should we get that banner ready? I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. Should we? Uh, And uh, Coltrane, I know that you're not in the prediction business when it comes to your team. So let me ask more of a general question. Do you feel like the team looks good this year, or is there a deficiency that is easily pointed at? Uh, Bullpen is awful. It is absolutely 100% going to be the Achilles heel of this team. I mean, it's like they have been able to, you know, outscore everybody, and that's mostly how they win. Their bullpen is god-awful. It is so, so bad. So it's, and it's like, the problem is that it's getting worse now, not better, and there's, like, there's no option. There's nothing that they can do. So it's like... Should this team be able to win the World Series? Yes. With the bullpen to the, that they have, can they? Not a chance. They are, it is just, it is that bad. Like, Chris Sale, I have no problems with him. David Price, even, which is remarkable because he's is terrible remarkable. in the postseason. I have, like, this year, for whatever reason, like, he's, it's like he's calmed down. It's like he doesn't, it, the pressure just seems to sort of be, like, more relaxed and whatever. But it's like their bullpen is terrible. It is so god awful. And in the postseason, it's all great pitching, and then your bullpen. So that's the problem that I have with their bullpen this year. And uh, I'm having a brain fart. The closer is the guy who used to be the closer for the Braves. Uh, has he been Kimbrel? Kimbrel, yeah. Has he been effective, or is he part of the problem? Because he he was I mean, he was fairly he, consistent for the Braves, but that's also going back like what, like four or five years ago now. I mean, he has been up and like at the beginning of the year, he was pretty like he was relatively consistent. Like he was, he was really good. He's racked up some some good numbers, but in the last like month, you know, five six weeks, it's like he's not nearly as reliable. Like he's like if it, if you're asking him to close out a one run game, I have I have very little faith that he can do it. If you're asking to like you know close down a three run game. Yeah, he can he can do that fairly well, but not usually clean. Like he's usually going to give up at least one run and you know another like base runner or something. So I'm it's it had been good, and then even he fell off the cliff. And you know, right before the deadline, 
they thought they were going to get it. Like one of their injured pitchers was supposed to come back, and he had been he'd been pitching well for a week. So they're like, oh, we don't need to go out and you know get an, another bullpen arm because you know the guy that we have is that's coming back is you know he's better than anything we're going to go get. And it's like then as soon as the window closed, like he fell off a cliff and he's awful. And so they just don't have anyone that I would say is reliable in the bullpen right now. So, I mean, it's possible like it's possible that they're going to score seven runs a game. It's just are they going to win enough games to like win the World Series doing that? I just don't see it. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that uh, I'll uh, always remember and never forget are the uh, 1988. Uh, New York Mets, who won 110 games, but then uh, lost to the Dodgers, who then went on to win the World Series. And it just, it, it, there's so many factors that you just can't figure, you know, and like leading up to any of these series, you're just like, who's who's hot? I remember there was that World Series, I think it was in 2006, like the Tigers clinched really early and they didn't play for like a week. And uh, the like awful St. Louis Cardinals who who had won like 82 games in the regular season. They got into the playoffs 82 and 80. Because I remember because, again, that's another uh, playoff team that uh, shouldn't have beat the Mets. But, you know, most of them do. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, there, there's – I don't know. I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, in the way I usually do, without my team being in it, but uh, you know, there, there, there it was. We're only three years removed from uh, them being the World Series. And one of the things I wanted to comment on, I don't know, Ken, if you saw any of the games uh, when the Mets were up there for interleague, but uh, there was a great moment that went viral. There was like a section of like 1,600 Mets fans. It's this fan group called the Seven Line Army, and then at one point, the entire stadium, literally every person, no matter who they were rooting for, just all started chanting Yankees suck. <laughs> nice. That's how the Mets Red Sox game. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> at least that's a common refrain. Yeah. They're, they're, that, yeah, they're just that like always have. They're like, hey, we got something we can you know agree why? on. Because there probably was one douchebag Yankees fan who went to that game just and, wearing a Yankees jersey and yeah. be like, Yankees! Yeah. And it's always it's always the Jeter jersey that has his name on the back, and yeah. their jerseys don't have names on the back, and mm-hmm. this guy wouldn't even know that. But no. uh, yeah, but you'll see that guy like I don't know. Or you'll, they'll you'll... have a shirt that says Red Sucks. <laughs> oh, that's uh, not clever, but uh, it, it is a little clever. The first time I saw it, I was like, first oh, time. "Oh, motherfucker! You son of a!" <laughs> they wear that to they wear that kind of bullshit to try to like hide in Fenway because they know if you yeah. wear it too obvious of a Yankees thing, you're gonna get punched in the face or a beer spilled on you. Well, you know, at Dodger Stadium, if I'm uh, looking forward at the game, I have a blue hat on, and so no one's really uh, paying that much attention usually. Yeah. So you know, Dodger you Stadium, Dodger Stadium is dangerous in the parking lot. Yeah, in the stadium. Okay. You're fine. In Fenway, you basically just need to watch out. Just like <laughs> keep your mouth shut. <laughs> uh, I want to do a uh, transition back to a uh, fun story from a little while ago from the Daily Mail. The uh, a Chinese kindergarten welcomes students with pole dancing performance on the first day of school. Uh, first question. Where was this school when I was a kid? And uh, even in China, they were like, I think that's a little weird. Um, but it, it had me thinking, like, do you remember anything weird from when you were a kid that the school did, like, official, you know? Like, I, I talked a couple weeks ago about seeing a birthday party at Hooters, and that's not a school-sanctioned <laughs> event. But this made me think of that, you know? And, and sometimes you're just like, what are they thinking exactly? Uh, Coltrane, have you ever heard of anything as uh, questionable or also as amazing as welcoming kids with some pole dancing? I mean, I, I similar to you, I'm wondering like where that was when I was in <laughs> right. school because I'd have been all for it. But I mean, there's really nothing remotely close that comes to mind. Yeah, I mean, I can't think of anything. You know, I mean, there was um, there was a there was like a social studies teacher that was clearly dating a student, but it was at the point where like you didn't you didn't uh, your parents didn't find out. You know, it was like it was a simpler time in like the earlier '90s. You know, before. Oh yeah, there was there was like a teacher's assistant that like came to a couple parties and stuff. Like, you know, <laughs> she was cute. She she came and partied a little bit. Yeah, but, she did. I don't know. Just I mean, sounded like a thing. To nothing say. organized though. No, no. I no, thought no. you were gonna say nothing oral. <laughs> well, not that you know of. Hey now, <laughs> uh, <laughs> teacher, let me give my oral presentation. Bow, chicka, bow, bow. 
Um, I uh, wanted to uh, look at something else, and I, I do wish that Will was here, um, not just because we like him, but apparently the website Vice says that science says you shouldn't sleep next to your dog. Why? And it makes you more tired, is what they think. Now, Jeff, you have just recently gotten a, a new dog, and I, I yeah. don't know. Did we talk about it when we were on with Coltrane? I don't know if you know that Jeff got a new dog. I don't know. Yeah, but uh, do you sleep with the dog? She sleeps at the foot of our bed. Now, see, I think that's all right. They're saying, like, next to, you know, sort of like in the middle of the bed, you're not, you're not going to get as good a sleep. Because there is, that's, like, the same as sleeping with anyone else in the bed. You don't get as good a sleep. True. I mean, personally, I don't. I sleep way better when I'm by myself because then I don't have anybody disturbing me and I don't have anybody else I need to worry about. Plus, as a exceptionally, well, not exceptionally, but a rather large human, I need a lot of space. Um, when you've watched hashtag Dave the dog, have you uh, shared a, a bed with him? Because he, he is enormous for he people is enormous. who don't know. This so I don't know how Will feels about it, but yeah, he he cuddles with us, uh, and less so Will, from what I understand. <laughs> like he stays in the bed with Natasha and I, like lays by the foot, and so like it's the three of us. He's he's just like yeah, you know what? You're um you're too much of a downer. <laughs> Jeff and Natasha, they're like up, and uh, yeah, well, uh, I don't know. Uh, Coltrane, I know you've had dogs in the past. Do you feel like you know what? Get on the floor, Fido, or uh, do you feel like, uh, you know, it could actually be nice to uh, sleep with the dog? Listen, I to this day, even though I, I don't still have him, uh, I still love Watson. He's, he's a great dog and, you know, all that. Never one time did I let Watson sleep in my bed. Not so much. He, re- he, retired, just... he retired to Florida, right? He's at, like, the dog version of the Villages? He, in fact, is, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, I, uh, one of those, uh, headlines that you see and you're just like, okay, could somebody have stopped this? And it it got a lot of, uh, a a lot of attention maybe about a week ago. Uh, a woman who wrote a blog post called how to murder your husband (laughs) was charged with murdering her husband. So the blog post was from like three years ago. And, you know, look, I, the, the one hand is, like, I immediately laugh at the headline. Now, the, the poor gentleman is, has passed on due to his uh, murderous wife. But <laughs> at the same time... What, due what, to a severe that, case of murder. Yeah, secure, severe case of murder. I feel like that's the shortest Law & Order episode ever. You know, Jerry, Jerry Arbach sits down with Benjamin Bratt, and, he, and Benjamin Bratt's, like, just See. looking like... Hey, she wrote a thing called How to Murder Your Husband. That's where you're, you're wrong, because Law & Order does not use the internet. Well, yeah, that's true, because the episodes where I'm talking about are from, like, 20-plus years ago. So you're right. They absolutely would not have used the internet, because there'd be no show if they did. How great would that be, like a Dick Tracy uh, parody type wait, thing? Dick Tracy? Dick oh, no, Tracy. wait. I think that was, uh, that was inappropriate. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, Dick Tracy Cox? What? What? Dick, Dick Tracy Coxix. Uh, <laughs> no, but a, a Dick Tracy where he's trying to like solve a murder, that exact murder, and he's just like, "There's no damn evidence." <laughs> he just like, know what the internet is. Like, I tossed her house. I looked everywhere. There's papers and books and notebooks and everything. I can't find anything. And then there's like, you know, Will's always talking about that guy. He's like, uh, one thing. Uh, there's that little box right there. Why don't you just go ahead and click that on? I don't have time for that. And he talks into his watch. <laughs> like Zoolander. The files are inside the computer? <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. So, uh, Coltrane, you hear that. And my only thought is, if you know your wife has written... And maybe he didn't. Yeah, well, so that your, happened before. Yeah, three years earlier, she wrote this blog post. Yeah, I would murder my wife. <laughs> I would be like, uh, thanks for the tips, hot tips. Now you're murdered. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I would have probably just, uh, you know, uh, moved away. I, I don't know that I would have murdered her. but Here's the most important point. Do we have that blog post available? Like, does it say, does it outline what she did to murder and get, and is it just like how to murder or how to murder and obviously not get away with it? Yeah, how to murder, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but there's, how to not get away with murder? I was just gonna say, yeah, there, that's that's a new show from uh, from Shonda Rhimes. How to not get away with murder? Uh, I don't think, and this is from the Guardian, which is you know competition for Daily Mail culture, and I feel like I'm cheating on the Daily Mail. 
I looking at so. this story. But, you know, look, the British press is where you get great great show prep. I uh, Obviously, we get some fun stuff for the black cast, but uh, even for the Dennis Miller option, uh, you'll always find sort of the best the best take on All some of these stories. All the Yank news outlets are too obsessed with this president. It's like, we get it. He's doing a great job. Give us a break. Yeah. We're tired of all the good news. <laughs> Seriously. We don't want it anymore. It's like, alright, comedy shows. Enough covering the news. Where's the jokes? Yeah. Well, actually, that's legitimately a point. It's like, and and there's this this whole thing now about you know anti comedy, uh-huh. and there's this. Did we talk about this? The special where the, the woman, uh, what is it called, Nanette? And oh. that's the one I'm talking about. And she, it's not a comedy special. And she talks about like something terrible yeah. that happened to her, which you know, good for her to talk about it. But at the same time, that's billed to me as a comedy special. So if you want to maybe repa- repro- you know, present that in a different way, let me know what's coming. It's funny because she has a quirky accent. It's like, oh, I'm from New Zealand. Let me tell you this funny story of when I was raped. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, a bad New Zealand accent. I'm sorry. A, it was decent. It was kind of like British. Yeah, your Taika Waititi is pretty good. So you should have just done that one. I should have. Yeah. But he didn't get raped. He's the raper. Well... I was going to say something, but, you know, in this day and age... In Sorry, this day and age, I mispronounced rapper. Yes, right, exactly. <laughs> I always make that mistake. <laughs> um, but anyway, I think that, uh, that that's, a, that's a conversation for another time, you know, uh, the idea of anti-comedy and uh, just me. I don't know. I, I, I still I, like jokes. I, mean, just real, I, yeah, I get ahead. it. We're going to do this later. But uh, so essentially with anti-comedy, like, you don't have to be funny, but you can... Call it comedy. Yeah, I mean, because that means I'm a phenomenal anti comedy. <laughs> yeah, and I think that it's just, you know, the idea is you can, you know, people do one, one man, one woman shows, mm. and that seemed to be where those sort of stories got to happen. There's something called the vagina monologue. I, I don't want to know more about that, you know? That's that's not for me. By the way, I also wouldn't see... There's a There was a play called Puppetry of the Penis. I don't want to see that either, by no, the way. Hard pass. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Thank you. Um, last point I'll make on Episode this. Episode title, Blockcast 295, mm. Hard Pass. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> uh, I'll try... To, I, I feel like I just keep furthering this conversation. But, but, sorry, but we before can, I forget... Look, we're clearly talking about it now, so that's <laughs> yeah. fine. Well, before I forget, I wanted to say that um, Steve Martin has that great uh, autobiography, Born Standing Yeah, Up. It's, it's fantastic. I love that that uh, that book. I don't know why I was looking for the book so hard. <laughs> I love that... Um, you know uh, the synonym um, for book. Yeah, uh, what is it? Novel. Uh, lo, uh, penny. Los libros. <laughs> por favor. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, it's a great book. I love that. Um, so he talks about his theory on comedy that he kind of developed at ucla and it had something to do with like basically creating tension and then having a release like that's where the laughter comes from is the release and with the anti-comedy it's like especially specifically referencing how we're we're using the news as like the crux for a lot of these jokes or the setup for all these jokes it's like hey look at what's happening in our society isn't this fucking hilariously like crazy oh it's so off kilter and there's all this like build up of like hey isn't it oh we might nuclear annihilate ourselves yeah (laughs) and then you start going like oh man they're gonna tie it together with some jokes and it's like it's meant to be a joke, and in some ways, it's just like, this is so ridiculous. How can we not laugh at it? But it's like, there's no real release there. Because at the end of it, it's like, yeah, that's a real thing. We really might die. There's no releasing of that tension. We're all just, like, holding on to it. Could you jerk off afterwards? Yeah. Would that help? Yeah. Okay. But just... only, you can only edge. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice callback. Yeah. Uh, Coltrane, I, I don't know. I mean, look, you know, uh, we've we've dabbled in comedic pursuits before, uh, and uh, you know, but I, I don't know. I I know that what I want from comedy is jokes. I would like actual comedy, not anti-comedy. You can have something different. You know, if if somebody decides they don't want to be a comedian anymore and they're like, you know, they're going to turn into, I don't know, Spalding Gray, one of those people that, you know, lectures, great, good for you. But don't sell it as a comedy special. You know, Netflix has hundreds of comedy specials and a Louis C.K. one that we'll never see. So there's so many comedy specials out there. Uh, Isn't he doing comedy again? He is, yeah, which we could talk about that in a, in a moment, but uh, I wanted to get Coltrane's thought on anti-comedy. You, you got to come up. You got to call it something else, right? We need we need pro-comedy comedy. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I just feel like they're like it's it's kind of a marketing ploy. Like if you call it a comedy show, then people will then you can like get more people to like see it, to like go watch it, to like go turn out for it, whatever. But it's like if you tell them I'm going to tell you a depressing story about myself that no one's going to show up. So I feel like then it's it, a TED like, talk. I yeah. feel like it's just like a way to to try to get more attention, but it just seems false. Yeah, and uh, I I don't know. I think that uh, you know the the idea that somebody like Norm Macdonald is anti comedy. I'm like, no, no, he's like a comedy deconstructionist. You know, he's mm-hmm. somebody that he has a very specific style, and he'll he'll do the thing. And I, I you know the I've had it happen when he would guest host Dennis's show, and he's like. Oh, you're saying this because that is supposed to sound like this. You know, and he'll break down a joke, and it's actually way funnier than it was than if he does it. And Dennis has talked about Larry Miller would do that too. And to me, that's deconstructing comedy, and it's still very funny. But something that there's no laughs. There's plenty of places for that. You know, there's there's plenty of things that aren't funny, like The Big Bang Theory, as we talked about a few weeks ago. There's there's a place for that. That that's thirty minutes of non-comedy right there. It's on network TV mm-hmm. for another painful, miserable year. But, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think that uh, it's so few people are afraid to maybe make the kind of jokes that they would have even, I, I was going to say five years ago, like two, like two years ago, you know. And you'll find, like I, I did this on Twitter. There's that great clip of President Trump trying to say anonymous. <laughs> And I'm just like, look, you can't hate him so much or love him so much that you can't think that's funny. And people don't, they'll just be like, no, he's the worst person ever. And I'm like, be that as it may, this old guy trying to say the word anonymous and his dentures get in the way, and he's like, anonymous. Like, that's, I don't know, that's comedy to me. That's unintentional comedy. That's my favorite kind of comedy, you know? Uh, anyway, uh, we because we touched you, we touched on Louis C.K. Yes, he did actually show up at the Comedy Cellar, and uh, you know, unannounced. And uh, that's what uh, that's what he uh, would have done. Isn't to- that exactly how he got in trouble? <laughs> <laughs> Very true. And that's how really you know it, it's. I don't know. I mean, I mean in fairness, it, he did actually announce it. What? Oh, the actual jerking off, you're saying? <laughs> yeah, that's true. He announced I'm jerking it. off. Yeah, it, it was like, you don't care if I do this, right? And I guess that's the, the tour that he'll go out on at some point. The uh, You don't care if I do this, right? I mean, that's a great name for a tour. I think so. <laughs> you don't care if I do this, right? <laughs> but I guess the... So some of the people who were there, you know, obviously he got a round of applause because people were, like, interested, like, oh, here he is. And there were people who, after the fact, were like, oh, I wish we'd known he was going to be there. I did almost use the word come. Um, <laughs> I was going to say come up. But I think that, you know, some people maybe would have left. And I think it's like, oh, does your comedy show need an explicit warning if Louis C.K. comes up? And look, I know uh, female comedians. One in particular kind of wrote about this is like, yeah, I don't, I, I don't see how he, he's been away long enough that he gets a pass. He should never get a pass, as far as some people are concerned. Um, I, don't, I don't know what else he should do. Maybe events that are billed as Louis C.K. comedy shows, people will either go or they won't. But if you're just going to see a comedy show and then he's there, legitimately I can see how some people are like, oh, you know, he really makes me uncomfortable. But you could leave. Yeah. What do you think about this, uh, uh, Coltrane? Yeah, I'm kind of with you on that in that if you don't like it, you can always leave. That's that is a very easy solution and and no one would have been a, like no one would have said anything if they got up and left. Like no one would have like chastised them or anything. Everyone understands what's like what happened, so if you're not comfortable with it and you choose to like get up and leave, even if like you're the seat that's like right up front in the front row and you get up and you walk out like no one's going to, like, everyone's going to be like, okay, that's how you feel about it. No big deal. So it's the, I, I saw someone talking about it, and I don't remember who it was, but they, like, the whole thing is people think he hasn't been punished enough because he's still famous. And they feel like because he's still famous, like, that's still a, that's still a perk and a benefit that he shouldn't have. And so the difficulty for him is that there's like 
there's not really a way to like that he's not going to be famous anymore. Like he even if he goes away for a while, like he's still going to be Louis C.K. and people are still going to know who he is. So it, that's part of the problem with the punishment for him or like people who think that he hasn't suffered enough like consequence. It's just because he's famous, and if you're famous, like your whole life is a perk. So he should. So he should still be shunned because otherwise he still gets the perk of being famous. So it is. It is sort of a. There's not really a win for him there. I, that's like the wrong choice of words, but there's not really a whole lot that can that he can do to like sort of turn it around because, like I said, he will always be famous, and he did. You know, like he came out and acknowledged that he did it. He apologized for it. He knows that it's wrong. It's just there's. Like there's no, there's nothing else that he can. I can see that he can really do. It's like people. There are people who will never forgive him. There are people who will forgive him, and it's the people who just see like the perk of fame will just never think that he got punished enough. Yeah, and I guess part of the argument is, well, what about this comedy club? The I, I can't. I think it was the Comedy Cellar in New York, where a lot of people just show up and do sets. You know, I mean, it was a it was a different comedy club. But I once saw Dave Chappelle do like an hour and twenty minutes at like one in the morning, and I was like, oh, I'm not going home. <laughs> you know, he was working on something, and I'm just like, oh, I'm here. Yeah, but anyway, and I, I guess the idea that, you know, that was the place that Louis always went to. So they're obviously friends with him but i i think that if you're gonna have him on stage you should let people know just because of this potential reaction you don't want to surprise people i mean look it could I, I i don't know that that personally i can see it being traumatic but it could be because if you think of what he did that, that and then you imagine that happening to yourself your mother your daughter your sister whatever uh you know you might just be so put off by him that you can't imagine anyone kind of embracing him again and the female comedian that i'm talking about she even wrote that she used to be a huge fan she'd gone to see him she'd liked his show all this and she's just like yeah i i, I just i just don't understand how everybody's so okay with him now this is one of the people that he did it to? No, this is just a comedian that I know who I'm trying not to identify, but okay. somebody that I know wrote about this when she heard about it. And, you know, she was doing she was doing a comedy show locally here in Los Angeles, and somebody mentioned Louie, and then the MC was like, yeah, but I bet you all wish you could see Louie right now, and then people applauded. And she was like, why are they applauding this guy who, like, jerked off in front of women? You uh, know? I, I, I get her point, but I'm kind of like... Why do you think that your opinion is any more valid than anybody else's, right? You're you're then assigning your belief system to everybody sure. else, and you're saying, like, you guys aren't allowed to evaluate how you feel about things for yourself. You have to go with my feeling on it. So I would tell her that she's being selfish because if she was somebody that was directly affected by Louis, then I would listen to her, and I'd be like, hey, I, I hear you. Right. I, if I the can, people I can who are directly affected there. by him are feeling like, hey, I'm really not ready for him to be potentially in the same places as me, I would respect that. I would think that that's a really honest thing to say, and, and I would think I should think he should respect that, and other people should be respectful of that in the community. But if you're just an outsider, you're just somebody who's aware of what he's done, then it's like you have one decision to make. Do you want to support him with your dollars and attention or not? If you don't, then don't. If you do, then do. Um, if you're at a show and he shows up and you want to leave, leave. I, I do agree that it would be nice to give people forewarning, but I also think that in our current society and the way we react to things, you would just be inviting people to create a big scene that right, they if it's wouldn't announced. otherwise. Yeah. Right? Like, you'd see somebody is going to take that as an opportunity to be like, well, then, yeah, I'm outraged. Oh, this man right. jerked off. That's it. fair. Whereas if he just shows up, they might just be like, oh, yeah, let's see what he has to say. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I guess, I guess I can see sort of the, the different the different interpretations of it. And also, it is difficult to announce when a well-established comedian does show up because they'll do a lot of times, you know, probably not Louie because there's obviously a lot of issues surrounding him right now. But, you know, somebody like, say, Jim Norton, he will go, you know, he'll do like a few spots. He'll go around town at night. He'll talk about it on his radio show. He'll just be working stuff out. And that's what a lot of comedians, even Jerry Seinfeld will do that. He'll go out a couple times, you know, some nights, if he's, especially if he's got like a 
special or something coming out. And, uh, you know, so you don't usually know that you're going to have them until maybe they show up, you know. So I, I don't I don't quite know what the fix is. Uh, I can I can I can try to understand the female uh, perspective of it, but again, we are missing our resident feminist, Will Sterling, mm-hmm. and he would not have liked that fruit in the vagina story. I don't think. <laughs> I think he would have been very upset. And, and just like in a side note too, like there is also the if you announce that he's going to show up, and then there's a lot of people who want to go and see him, then it seems like the club is specifically like making money off of him. And he's making like in a way like it seems it would be like he's making money off of it as opposed to if he just sort of is low key, kind of goes in, does a set and then leaves. Then there's not like the extra layer that makes it seem more like you're supporting him as opposed to just like he's a comic. You're letting him get up and like kind of work and then that's kind of it. Well, I think that uh, this raises a lot of questions that uh, you're going to need people more qualified and competent and, yes, intelligent than the black cast to try and answer them. But uh, if you have any thoughts, you can let us know on Twitter at BlackCast or like the BlackCast on Facebook. You can also follow our pal Jeff DeRay, Captain Neo. He's at Jeff DeRay. Mm-hmm. Slowly carving out more Twitter followers like Tim Robbins digging his way out of Shawshank the wall <laughs> you've got like a you've got like a, a prison cafeteria spork and you were trying to get through that wall and mm-hmm. back in there just waiting for my thunderstorm <laughs> and also clawing his way back to the top of Twitter our pal Coltrane at Coltrane Leaks and uh, oh, I'm doing okay. I still got 4,000 followers. Ah, Christian DMZ. And uh, at Will Sterling underscore, you know, he brought back the motivation report. Remember the last time he was in here? He's like, yeah, it'll happen eventually. And then, boom, he dropped a new episode. Wow. So he was uh, just trying to surprise us with it. Uh, we hope that Will's 10 a.m. date went really well and that it's not over now at 12.20. But uh, if it is... Might be better for the podcast. But anyway, thanks to uh, Captain EO, our pal Coltrane, and we will see you next time, theoretically, for our Iron Fist special on the podcast. Oh, that was a bad one. Much better. If you want to be having for the rest of your life, make a friend, give them for your wife. So for my personal part of you, If you wanna be happy for the rest of your life, never make a friend to run for you.